Good morning, LifePoint. I am so glad you decided to join us this morning. Today is a special day. It's Mother's Day. We love Mother's Day at LifePoint. And honestly, it's a privilege to have the opportunity to speak with you today. I saw a tribute to mothers earlier this week, and I thought, yes! That's exactly how we feel at LifePoint. That's exactly what I want to share. That's exactly what I truly believe about all mothers. So I would like to read this tribute to you. To those who gave birth this year to their first child, we celebrate you. To those who lost a child this year, we mourn with you. To those who are in the trenches with little ones every day and wear the badge of food stains, We appreciate you. To those who experienced loss this year through miscarriage, failed adoptions, or running away, we mourn with you. To those who walked the hard path of infertility, fraught with pokes and prods, tears and disappointment, we walk with you. Forgive us when we say foolish things. We don't mean to make this harder than it is. To those who are foster moms, mentor moms, and spiritual moms, we need you. To those who have warm and close relationships with your children, we celebrate you. To those who have disappointment, heartache, and distance with your children, we sit with you. To those who lost the mothers this year, we grieve with you. To those who live through driving tests, probably me soon, medical tests, and the overall testing of motherhood, we are better for having you in our midst. For those who will have emptier nests this upcoming year, we grieve and rejoice with you. And those who are pregnant with new life, both expected and surprising, we anticipate with you. This Mother's Day, we walk with you. Mothering is not for the faint of heart. And we have real warriors in our midst. We remember and honor you. Mamas, we love you so much and hope the message today is an encouragement to you and your family. So when I was a little girl, I would say I was a rather brave little girl. My family would always go to this park, which I don't even think is in existence anymore in Florida. And we would always visit this exhibit. It was like a snake or reptile show. I really don't even know what it was. And they would ask for a member of the audience to volunteer to come hold the snake. And yes, because I was a very brave little girl, I raised my hand every time. And who are they going to pick besides some crazy little girl who's raising her hand to hold a snake? Yep, that's me with a snake that is about half my size. Now, to me, that's pretty brave. Now, fast forward a few weeks ago, I'm much older, much wiser. Um, My family and I decided to go on a cruise. Um, And Katie and I decided to go on a zip line. The zip line is about nine decks, like on the ship, like nine decks up from the boardwalk, like a place where you walk on the ship. And I mean, you kind of think like a zip line on a cruise ship, like, that's not going to be scary. Okay, so that was my thought. This is not going to be scary. This is going to be a piece of cake. I've already ziplined in my life. No big deal. 
So I'm feeling pretty brave. And Katie had never zip lined, but I was like, Katie, come on, it's gonna be so easy. So after Katie and I got on our harness on, we get in line and there's like four people in front of us. As we're waiting there, Katie starts getting super nervous. So I say, no worries, Katie. If you don't wanna go, it's fine, you know, no big deal. She said, nope. She's like, I'm going to be brave and I'm going to go. And I'm like, okay. And I'm like, well, do you want to go in front of me or do you want to go after I'm done? And she said, I want to go first. I said, okay. So when it's her turn, she walks up to the area and she's obviously scared to death. I mean, she's so scared. I mean, it's obvious because the worker that's getting ready to hook her up gives her like a big hug. <laughs> Um, like this big assurance hug and I'm like, I'm her mother. I didn't give her a hug. Maybe I should have hugged her. Um, she hooks her up and sends Katie on her way across the zip line. And I'm like, great. My daughter made it. I walk up all brave. The worker hooks me up, puts me on the edge. Okay. So, you know, the little harness, she puts me on the edge. You got to kind of lift your feet up and then she opens this door. When she opened the door, she tells me to hang on to the zip line thing. As soon as I hold on, I realize that if the straps that are holding me in, if they break, there is no way I'm going to be able to hold myself up if the rope goes. So I had a literal a moment of panic. She lifted up the door and I yelled, wait, I panicked. Today, we're going to talk about being brave. We all face things in our lives, whether you are facing them now or in the future. Um, there are going to think, come things come your way that are going to be tough. The things that we face in our life can be so overwhelming. We struggle to survive them. Nevertheless, actually feel brave handling them. Today, I want to look at an awesome woman in the Bible that was one of the bravest women that I know. A mom that when I get to heaven, you know, there's those people in the Bible, you're like, when I get to heaven, I want to ask them some questions. Well, this lady, I want to ask her some questions because I look at her and think, wow, she is so brave. Let's look in Exodus 2. Um, so go ahead and open your Bibles. Exodus 2, starting in verse 1. We're going to read her story. In verse 1, it starts, about this time. Now, the timing is very important. So, you know, things are in the Bible for a reason. So about this time, if you haven't read before, um, it's important to the start of the story. During this time period, Pharaoh was so worried about the large number of Israelites taking over, they ordered all his people to throw every newborn Israelite boy into the Nile River to end their lives. He did not want them taking over. I guarantee every pregnant Israel, Israelite woman was on edge before giving birth. They had no way to know if they were having a boy or a girl. So no real plan. They just didn't know. So let's keep reading. So about this time, so we know the newborn babies are going to be thrown into the Nile. Let's, let's keep reading. About this time, a man and a woman from the tribe of Levi got married. The woman became pregnant and gave birth to a son. Now, this is just a total side note, but I just, to me, it really hit me as very interesting. 
at this point in the story, and actually for a couple of chapters in the book of Exodus, we don't know this woman's name. And I don't know if you've ever felt this way. Maybe it's just me. But I don't know if you've ever felt like nobody notices me or nobody knows my name. Or I'm always known as Andrew, Katie, and Natalie's mom, or Alex's wife, or even, oh, that's the pastor's wife. You know, if you've ever felt that way, just know that Jesus knows your name, and Jesus sees you. We find out a few chapters later that this woman's name is Jochebed, and we all know, or if you don't know, Jochebed was Moses's mother. And this is the story of Moses and his mom. That's why I love this story. Let's keep reading. Verse two. She saw that he was a special baby and kept him hidden for three months. Wow. If you've ever lived in a house with a newborn, you can imagine how hard it would be to hide a baby. I don't know if she had a special room um, or what? But hiding a baby doesn't sound very fun to me. You know, we can ask any mom. I mean, it's hard enough to do with the baby without having to hide them. <laughs> uh, but that would be very difficult. Also in that verse, it talks about that the baby was special. So I thought, hmm, well, what does special mean? So I tried to do some like digging. Okay, who says what? What does special really mean? And all I could come up with it was a bunch of different people said a bunch of different things about what special meant or could have meant in this verse. It could have meant everything from this baby was beautiful to extra healthy. Now, since we know this baby was is, was, Moses, um, we know that, man, he played a special role in the life of all the Israelites, and he had a special place um, in history. So we know how special he was, but back then, he was just a little bit baby, but he was shown as special. So verse three, but when she could no longer hide him, So I don't know why she couldn't hide him anymore. Maybe the searchers were coming. Maybe they were at the street over and she knew they were going to be on her street the next week. Or maybe someone was going to turn them in. Maybe someone found out that they were hiding a baby. Or maybe his cry was just too loud. We don't know why, but Jochebed had to make a heart-rendering decision. Let's look at verse 3. She got a basket made of papyrus reeds, and waterproofed it with tar and pitch. She put the baby in the basket and laid it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile River. I've often wondered to myself, why the Nile River? Remember at the beginning of this story, I told you that was the place where the babies were going to die. Why did she choose there? Why didn't she choose to leave him beside the road? Or why not the market? I'm not sure. Those are probably one of the questions I'm going to ask Jochebed when we get to heaven. But no, Jochebed took a basket. She waterproofed her basket. She put Moses in and laid the basket among the reeds. Now, a lot of times we picture this basket being pushed out into the middle of the Nile to float 4,000 miles away. But I see this as a very strategic move. Notice she placed the basket on the bank between the reeds. To me, that was to hold the basket there and so it wouldn't float far, far away. Let's look at verse 4. The baby's sister then stood at a distance watching to see what would happen to him. 
So next strategic move by Jochebed. She had Miriam, Moses' sister, watching him and being super strategic. Let's keep reading. Verse 5. Soon Pharaoh's daughter came down to bathe in the river, and her attendants walked along the riverbank. When the princess saw the basket among the reeds, she sent her maid to get it for her. When the princess opened it, she saw the baby. The little boy was crying, and she felt sorry for him. This must be one of the Hebrew children, she said. Then the baby sister approached the princess. Should I go and find one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? She asked. Yes, do, the princess replied. So the girl went and called the baby's mother. Take the baby, take this baby and nurse him for me. The princess told the baby's mother, I will pay you for your help. I love this story. So the woman took her baby home and nursed him. Later, when the boy was older, his mother brought him, later when the boy was older, his mother brought him back to Pharaoh's daughter, who adopted him as her own son. The princess named him Moses, for she explained, I lifted him out of the water. There are several takeaways from this story from Jochebed that I truly, like, man, this lady was so brave in every aspect of the story. And I feel like if Jochebed had a mirror in her house, there would be some things on her mirror mirror that she could look at over and over again as great reminders of how she could be as brave as she was. How can someone be brave despite what Jochebed faced? I don't know. But I do know that brave, being brave is not a feeling. Being brave is a choice we make. If you go back to my story earlier about Katie, she chose to be brave that day to get on the zip line. She made a choice. She felt really scared, but she made a decision to be brave. Being brave is recognizing our weaknesses and believing that God can turn them into strengths. Bravery is recognizing those weaknesses and believing that God can turn them into strengths. Being brave is not easy, but with God's help, we can be brave. Being brave allows us to thrive in situations, not just survive. So what was on Jacobed's mirror? Do I think? I And if it's not, I would have written it for her as reminders every day. What should be on our mirrors? What should be our mantra? In our cars, on three by, written on three by five cards, on our refrigerator, on our desk, sitting at work. I think these four things that we can learn from Jacobed's life. So get your pens ready. I'm going to encourage you to write them down. Hopefully by the end of this, I'll repeat them so much you won't be able to forget them. But just in case, get your pens ready. I want you to write them down. So first thing, and I personalize these. These are about you. I will fight fear. Bravery is not the lack of fear, but the ability to move forward in spite of our fear. Jochebed no doubt had a great fear in her heart when she found out that she was going to give birth and that the boys, if she would have a boy, he would be killed. And this is on top of all the other anxiety that mother's face during pregnancy and birth. So that's just one more thing to add to her fear. 
So many times in the Bible, God commands us not to be afraid. I cannot tell you how many times fear creeps into our lives, and we have to remember these verses. This is one of those concepts that God is very clear on in the Bible for us not to be afraid. In Deuteronomy 31.6, it says, So be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid and do not panic before them. For the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. Wow. We don't have to be afraid. Isaiah 41.13 For I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, Do not fear. I will help you. Isaiah 41.10 So do not fear. For I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. You getting the hint? This, I didn't even put all the verses down. I only just put a few. John fourteen twenty seven. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give you give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. Wow. I will fight fear. That should be our mantra day after day. Jochebed chose to fight fear. I love this quote. I don't know if you've heard it by Marion Williamson. It says, our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our lightness It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. You were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our fear, our presence automatically liberates others. God created you for a purpose. So please don't let your fears get in the way of the plans he has to allow you to shine. So number one, I will fight fear. Number two, what else was on Jochebed's mirror? I won't give up. Jochebed hid her baby for three months. That's a long time with a newborn. <laughs> um, I love how it says in Hebrews 11, the faith chapter, Hebrews 11, 23, it, it says, it was by faith that Moses' parents hid him for three months when he was born. By faith, Jochebed did not give up. So many times Jochebed might have thought it'd be easier to give up. I don't know about you, but a lot of times, sometimes I think, oh, just give up. I don't have to do it anymore. Jochebed could have thought, I can just turn myself in and Moses in. But her faith in God kept her from giving up. I love what Joyce Meyer says. The distance between who we are and who we want to be is filled with things we don't want to do. I doubt Jochebed wanted to hide her child for three months. This definitely wasn't an ideal circumstance. 
So many times in our lives, we feel like it's easier to give up. But the Bible says, do not give up. Look at 2 Chronicles 15, 7. It says, but as for you, be strong and do not give up for your work will be rewarded. And in Galatians 6, 9, it says, let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Wow, don't give up. Whatever's come your way, don't give up. Fight the fear and don't give up. So number one, I will fight fear. Number two, I won't give up. And the third thing on Jacobed's mirror would have been, I can trust God and let go. Woof! Jacobed hit her baby, but when she couldn't, she had to let go in every sense of the word. Her baby that she had held close, she had to put down, not knowing if she would be able to hold her baby again, really not even knowing if, she, if he would live another day. Sometimes we hold on to things so tight that we forget how much God loves us and wants to give back if we would just let go and give him the things that he's blessed us with in the first place. Moms, and I'm speaking to myself, we hold on to our kids thinking that no one loves them more than we do, but God does. Let God help. We hold on to so many things, bitterness, unforgiveness, relationships. It's okay to let go and trust God. Ecclesiastes 3, 6 says, There's a time to search and a time to give up, a time to keep and a time to throw away. Isaiah 43, 18 and 19, Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do not perceive it. I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Let go. Give it to God because you can trust God with it. He gave it to you in the first place. That's what Jochebed had to do. She had to let go. So first of all, I will fight fear. Second of all, I won't give up. Third, I can trust God and let go. And fourth, I won't lose heart. Instead of placing Moses in the basket and walking away defeated, Jochebed had a plan in place. She set up Miriam strategically. So first of all, her plan was to put Moses' basket right in the reeds to keep it from floating all those 4,000 miles. Then she put Moses' sister right there watching the basket. Um, And I'm sure she prepped Miriam like, hey, this is what could happen. I want you to be prepared. I don't know what's going to happen. I want you to be prepared, whatever it was. Um, But honestly, all of that work, it probably would have been a lot easier for Jochebed to put Moses down, throw herself a pity party, feel sorry for herself, and just contemplate the worst outcome. But I believe as Christians, we exist to bring God glory, but also to inspire others. People are watching you. So if you're facing a tough situation, what better way to share God than to have a good attitude and a positive outlook? Don't be discouraged. Look at 2 Corinthians 4.16. It says, Therefore, We do not lose heart, 
Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day after day. Such a phenomenal promise. Don't lose heart. I truly believe that no matter what comes your way, if you choose to fight fear, don't give up, trust God and let go, and don't lose heart, your act of bravery will shine for all to see. And by the way, how did I do on that zip line? Remember the one at the beginning of this whole message where I said, wait, I actually did it. I went across the zip line and I made it even though I was scared to death. Uh, I will say, don't ask me to do it again. I'm good. I've already done it. Uh, I don't have to keep being brave. <laughs> uh, but bravery is so important, not only for ourselves, to show other people that we are brave. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for today. I thank you so much for our wonderful mothers. I thank you for Jochebed and the example of bravery that she showed. I just pray that as we listen to this message today, that all the moms, the dads, the kids that are listening here will choose bravery. Choose bravery not only because I feel like you command us to be brave, but also to show you to others how we handle situations. I thank you for everything you've given us. In Jesus' name, amen.